Everybody say praise the Lord. Why don't you turn around and shake the hand of three or four people and tell them you feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. I'm glad to be in the church in this, in this hour. Are you? Amen. Everything that man has made is crumbling and falling. And everything that Jesus Christ has made is becoming stronger and stronger. Glad to be part of God's church. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. Thank God. There's absolutely nothing that our God will not do to bring strength and energy and faith to, his, to the heart of his people. And uh, to be in a church and a part of what God is doing in a community is the greatest privilege that uh, any person could ever have. Praise God. And uh, a church like Eastwood is uh, certainly, certainly an outstanding place to, uh, to launch your ministry and be part of what God is doing. We have just certainly enjoyed our time here at Eastwood with uh, Brother and Sister Ewing and their family, all of you wonderful people with the Landy. It's, uh, it's just been a great honor and a great privilege of ours to be here. And I'm happy to have my niece with us here tonight, Terry Lynn, sitting with Sister Young. Terry Lynn lives in the area, and we're happy to see you here tonight, Terry Lynn. Praise God. I want you to turn with me tonight in the Word of God to the book of St. Mark, chapter 5. I have a lengthy reading. I don't make an apology for that. I want to just simply explain in order for you to get the context uh, of what I'm going to be talking about and see and understand uh, the passage from which I'm taking this. I think it's important for us to, to see the whole picture. And after all, it's the Word of God and it's alive and it speaks volumes. How many of you love the Word of God? Brother Ewan told me to do exactly what I feel, and I have felt an urgency in the Holy Ghost to move in the direction that I will tonight. And uh, if, you, if you're not aware of the fact that uh, Eastwood is in revival, then anything I could say to encourage you to open your eyes, I'd want to do that. Because there's revival in the air. Praise God. <clears throat> I believe with all of my heart that the next little while will be your greatest productive time in terms of reaching your community and seeing lives change. I believe that the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the more attractive God's church is going to be to hungry people. I believe in the hour we're living in, we need to pray for two kinds of people. Number one, we need to pray for hungry people. Everybody say hungry people. Make no mistake about it. Our world is full of people that are spiritually hungry. They've been given a, a half morsel in many denominal assemblies, and they walk away hungrier than they were when they went there. And they're famished, and they're starved, hungry for something from God. We need to pray for hungry hearts. And uh, in that company of people, there will not only be uh, laymen in uh, church groups. There will be people that are not even in churches. There will be denominal ministers because there's a hungry people in our world. We need to pray for hungry people. Can somebody say praise the Lord? And then secondly, we need to pray for honest hearts. I don't subscribe to the idea that everybody's a con artist. I believe there's a lot of honest people in our world that are really hungry for truth and ready to respond to truth.
Praise God. And uh, we need to pray that God will guide us to hungry and honest people. Praise the Lord. Let's do that right now, if you will. God, in your precious name, I pray that you would guide our hearts and guide our steps. Help us, dear God, to move in keeping with your purpose and your will. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Praise the Lord. Mark chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. The Bible said, And they came over unto the other side of the sea and to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him. No, not with chains. Because that they had been often bound with fetters and chains, the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion setting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. Notice verse 17. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. How be it? Jesus suffered him not. But saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. And the final verse is verse 20. The Bible said, This man departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And the result was that all men did marvel. Everybody say praise the Lord for the word. God bless you. You may be seated. <clears throat> Fifth chapter of the book of Mark is to me a very interesting passage. There are some outstanding examples of our Lord's ministry and the power that resulted forth from his ministry and of course, you always derive inspiration and gain strength when you read about the miraculous ministry of our Lord. However, tonight I'm not necessarily attracted to this passage that I've shared with you because of the notable miracle that happened in the life of this man. 
there were some things in this passage of scripture that we read over and we miss if we are not very careful. And I want to talk to you about them tonight from my heart. And uh, I'm beginning by drawing your attention to the fact that there are three prayers that were prayed in this reading. Three prayers were prayed. How many of you know what prayer is? The Bible tells us that the effectual fervent prayer availeth much. We have not, the Bible said, because we ask not. The scripture tells us, unto thee, O God, shall all flesh come. I believe it's very important that we be men and women of prayer and we know how to communicate with God. In this particular reading that I've shared with you, there are three prayers that are prayed. And uh, I'm not necessarily concerned about the content of the prayer as much as I am the Lord's response to these prayers. And that's what I want you to focus with me on tonight. First of all, I want you to notice that the first prayer was prayed by one whose name was Legion. Everybody say Legion. Legion. And uh, he identified himself. He called himself Legion. He said, for we are many. And this is representative of the fact that the man had been so indwelt by the powers of Lucifer and the enemy of his soul that his life was actually taken over by demonic spirits so much that he could not live uh, safely and comfortably with the rest of the public. He was not welcomed in the city, but he was relegated to the, to the outer areas. He was pushed aside. The Bible said he dwelt among the tombs and he cut himself with stones. He was a violent man because the devil lived in him. And the first prayer that I want you to note with me was the prayer that was prayed by Legion. When Jesus approached the little country of, of uh, Gadara, the first one that he met was the man that was possessed of many devils. And when the devil encountered the presence of God, the devil was quite disturbed. And I think that's, uh, uh, that's some good information for us to, to take to heart. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ approached and his approach made the enemy of God uncomfortable. Make no mistake about it. The enemy of your soul is not happy with the revival that's going on in Eastwood. He's not happy with the people whose lives are being turned around by God. And so the Bible said in verse 12 that Legion besought the Lord saying, send us into the swine that we may enter them. They had already prayed in verse 9 and said, uh, or verse 10, uh, that, uh, that he would not send them away out of the country, but they would be permitted to enter into the swine. The word here is besought. Everybody say besought. Uh, that comes from a word that suggests they uh, begged or pled with earnestness. The enemy of this man that indwelt him prayed the Lord or besought the Lord. And he was very urgent in his petition. And he said, uh, don't send us out of the country, but permit us to enter into the swine. And uh, verse 13 tells us that the Lord responded by saying, Jesus gave them leave. And that's what I want you to notice with me in the very beginning. The first prayer in Mark chapter 5 was prayed by the devil. And the devil recognized the authority of Jesus Christ over him. And he said, don't drive us out of the country. Don't force us out of the country. But permit us to enter into the swine. And forthwith, 
Jesus gave them leave. Jesus answered that prayer in accordance with the request that was made. That's the first prayer request. The second prayer request was made, and I think it's a very logical response, when uh, this man that was cleansed of the enemy, the devil was cast out of him, uh, he was so enthralled by the benefit that accrued to him from Jesus that when, when the multitude began to suggest that Jesus leave, the Bible said he prayed the Lord that he would be per permitted to go with him. Everybody say, he prayed the Lord. And it's important for us to understand how legitimate and how honest this man's prayer request was. I think it was legitimate in view of the fact that, that uh, this, is the, this is the first friendship that had ever been shown to this man. Everyone else he encountered shunned him and rejected him and drove him aside. But Jesus spoke kindly to him. And Jesus uh, welcomed him. And when Jesus is about to leave Gadara, the Bible said, this man prayed the Lord and said, can I go with you? And Jesus to this man said, no. He told him, you cannot go with me. I find that a little bit unusual from the standpoint of the fact that just before this man asked the Lord, can I go with you? The city of Gadara, uh, or the little village in the country of Gadara, uh, had asked the Lord to leave. And the word the Bible uses about them is that they prayed him, in verse 7, to depart out of their coast. So uh, the community, the township, the village, is praying the Lord to leave. And just like the Lord responded to the prayer of Legion, he responded to the prayer of uh, this village or this community. If they don't want me and they will not accept my ministry, then I'm going to turn and I'm going to leave. They prayed him that he would leave, the Bible said. And so Jesus fulfilled their prayer request. And he got on board a ship to leave the country of Gadara, it was then that the man out of whom the devil was cast came and said, if the Lord is going, I want to go with him. Can I go with you? And the Bible said he prayed the Lord, but Jesus said, no, you can't, you can't go with me. Now, in this particular case, the thing I want you to notice is that Jesus responded favorably to the prayer of Legion. And he responded favorably to the prayer of the community. But to the man who by this time had an honest heart. To the man that had been delivered from demonic possession. Jesus said, no, you can't go with me. Was it because he had asked a, uh, something that was uh, unthinkable? Oh, no. Was it because... Uh, his life would now bring reproach to Jesus Christ? Oh, no. The next verse of Scripture tells us why Jesus refused to answer his prayer favorably. In verse 19, the Bible said, Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. In other words, Jesus said, you want to go with me, and you are praying that I will let you go with me. But I'm not going to let you go with me. This community that has rejected my ministry, this town that has said, you're too expensive for us, this city that said we cannot handle the ministry of Jesus, needs the testimony of somebody who has been redeemed by the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus said, no, you can't go with me. You go back to your own village, to your own community, and you tell them and you show them what God has done for you.
And the Bible in verse 20 says, And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. Everybody say, Praise the Lord. Do you get the picture? Legion prayed and said, let us go into the swine. Don't drive us out of the country. And Jesus granted them leave. Gadara said, please don't stay here, but go on your way. And Jesus responded and went on his way. But this man who had been cleansed, whose life had been redeemed, said, I want to go too. But Jesus said, no, I've got a work for you to do. I'm sending you right back to the same streets where you re were rejected. I'm sending you right back to the same village that you used to go to. And they drove you aside. And when you get there, I want you to show them the wonderful things that have happened to you. Brother Landy, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 8. And I want us to begin reading with verse 8. And I want you to see how Luke uh, describes what happens. Luke chapter 8, beginning with verse 38. If you would read, beginning there. Now the man out of whom the devils were departed. Now the same man that... Uh, lived in the tombs, who often cut himself with stones. This man out of whom the devils had been cast, go ahead, besought him that he might be with him. Besought him. He prayed earnestly. Luke uses the same word that is used by Mark. Uh, when Mark tells us that legion besought the Lord. Now Luke is using that same word to describe the urgency and uh, the plea that this man put forth to the Lord. He besought him. But Jesus sent him away saying. But Jesus sent him away and he said. Return to thine own house. Return to your own house. And show how great things God hath done. And show how great things God hath done. Unto thee. Unto thee. And he went his way. And he went his way. And published throughout the whole city. And he published throughout all the city. How great things Jesus had done Can somebody unto him. say praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. He became an evangelist. He became a personal witness. He not only had verbiage, but he had an example to show. Here was a transformed life. The greatest testimony you can have. Read a little more, Brother Landy. And it came to pass. Here's what I want you to notice. It that, came to pass that when Jesus was returned, when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received the him. The people gladly received him. For they were all waiting for him. For they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus. That's enough. When Jesus returned, they welcomed him. Because they were waiting for him. Wait a minute. This is the same people that Mark said when Jesus started into their village, they met him before he got to town and said, would you please leave? As a matter of fact, they prayed him that he would leave. They begged him to leave. I have a feeling that maybe the owner of the swine had something to do with that. Yeah. I, I kind of have an idea. The Bible doesn't say. But you know, this man in one act of the ministry of Jesus Christ was stripped down to nothing in his business. He lost his whole kingdom in just a little bit. And so I have an idea that he spread the word through town that if this Jesus of Nazareth comes to our town, if it costs me this much, what's it going to cost you and you and you and you? And by the time the word got around, this little village said, we don't want this man in town. In
nobody but this man. This is the same village that said, Lord, you're not welcome. You can't come to our town. Just be on your way. But Jesus sent the man out of whom the devil was cast back to those same streets. Read it again, Brother Landy, and let's see what Luke said happened. And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him. The people gladly received him. Praise God. Everybody say that with me. The people gladly received him. The people gladly received him. Come on, say it again. They the gladly, gladly received, received him. him. What's the next verse? For they were all waiting for, for him. For they were all waiting for him. Now, obviously, this man did exactly what Jesus told him to do. He hurried back to the village. He walked up and down the streets. He knocked on doors. Everywhere he met people, he said, look at me. Yeah. Look at me. Yeah. Look what Jesus did for me. And when they saw in this man's eyes his gladness, his joy, his triumph, they forgot about the pigs. Oh, hallelujah. When they saw his transformed life, when they saw the spectacular result that took place in his life, praise God, they were happy. Praise God. Now the Bible doesn't say, but the scripture does say when Jesus came back to town, they were waiting for him. So let me read between the lines a little bit. I have a feeling, Brother Ewan, that this man must have said when he was showing people what God had done for him, I have an idea that he must have said, you know, I think we could get him to come back to town. I believe if somebody really wanted him, he would come back. And somebody over on the south side of town said, well, you know, I know somebody that's demon-possessed. And somebody said, you know, if this Nazarene would come back, well, look, we would have great miracles and great glory. And after several days of seeing and hearing and watching the testimony of this man, the Bible said when Jesus came back to town, they gladly received him. And they were waiting for him. They lined the way to the city when Jesus came back to town and welcomed him. And when they welcomed him, they welcomed a revival of the power and the glory of God. Hallelujah. Oh, the significance and the power of one man's testimony. Everybody say one man's testimony. I'm talking to somebody tonight that the devil has told you you don't count. And your testimony doesn't amount to anything. You don't have good words and you don't have a lot of talents and you don't have a lot of uh, excellence about you. So I can't be effective for God. I can't do anything. That's a lie from the very pit of hell. There's something only you can do for God. There are people that work on your job. There are people that live in your neighborhood. There are people that live down the street for you that are waiting to hear out of your mouth and see in your life what God has done for them. Praise God. I never will forget. Years ago, we hadn't been in Baton Rouge very long, and we had a revival where there was about 30 people that just came in off the street and prayed through to the Holy Ghost. Part of those that prayed through were, were uh, young people that had kind of picked up on the hippie lifestyle. And uh, two young ladies were married to brothers. These two young ladies and their husbands came to church, received the Holy Ghost, started reaching out to their friends, and several of their friends came in, received the Holy Ghost. The interesting thing about this is that uh, the first one of these young people to pray through was uh, influenced by a young lady in our church who was inobvious. She had no leading role. She uh, did not have a great self-image, but she was at the library.
library in school one day at LSU. She was studying. And uh, this young lady came, sat down across from her. She said by her own testimony she hadn't seen her in several years, but they'd gone to high school together. And she got to talking to her and invited her to come to church. And that started this chain of, of people coming in and praying through to the Holy Ghost. So when these young ladies and their husbands prayed through, it wasn't long until I received a phone call one day from uh, the mother of these two young ladies. She said, Pastor Young, I want to ask you and your wife to come to my house. I want to talk with you. I already knew a few things about this lady. And I knew that she was very religious and she was very devout and very dedicated to her church. And uh, so I felt like Perhaps she is disturbed and angry because her daughters have started going to a Pentecostal church. So, Brother Yun, what I did was I got my Bible and I spent several hours getting a good Bible study on the Holy Ghost. And I put in there a whole lot of evidence of why you have to be baptized in Jesus' name. And why you have to talk in tongues. And, and you know, I, I, I fixed that Bible study where it would nail everything down solid. And uh, I, I took Old Testament passage, New Testament passages. Then I had some personal examples to put in. I was kind of proud of my Bible study. And uh, so Sister Young and I got in the car and we drove across town to this lady's house. When we got there, she welcomed us so so wonderfully she was such a nice host and uh, it kind of put me a little bit off because i expected her to be negative but she was so nice first thing she wanted to do was serve us refreshments and we enjoyed the refreshments and she just wanted to talk she was happy she was smiling and uh, i was anxious to get into my bible study I had spent a lot of time preparing that Bible study and, and uh, I, I had some preconceived notions about why I was there. So uh, I just blazed right on in. I said, uh, Ms. Stevens, I, I, I know you called me and I know that you called me because uh, Kay and Donna have come to our church and received the Holy Ghost. and I used that as my cue to open the Bible and I waited in. I waited in, and I, that's an honest confession. And I talked fast, and I read fast, and I thought, I'm making some powerful points. That's, that's what I thought. And in a few minutes, Miss Stevens kind of threw her hands up. It's kind of humorous now, but I was on the spot. I didn't know what was coming. I thought she's raising her hands because she's fixing to fire her arrows at me. But she kind of threw her hands up. And here's what she said. She said, uh, Pastor Young, I appreciate what you're, you're saying. She said, I know that's probably all right. And she said, it may surprise you. But she said, I, I really don't know a whole lot about the Bible. She said, I go to church and I'm faithful to my church and I, I love church. She said, but the truth is, I really don't know a whole lot about the Bible. And she said, uh, I called you because I, I needed you and your wife to come over here. I said, yes. She said, uh, uh, you know, uh, you could probably tell me things. And if it was right, I wouldn't know it. And if it was wrong, I wouldn't know it. She said, I didn't really ask you to come for a Bible study. She said, uh, I don't know the Bible, Pastor Young, but I know Donna. And I know Kay. I know what they were before they started going to your church. And she said, I know them now. I've been watching them for the last several weeks. And she started crying. She said, I wanted you and your wife to come over here so you could tell me how I could get what Donna and Kay have gotten. Praise God, praise God. Praise God. There's somebody in your sphere of relationships. There's somebody on your job. Somebody in your neighborhood. Somebody in your classroom. There's somebody somewhere in your relationships that's waiting to understand what God has done in your life. Don't you let the devil beat you out of witnessing and winning that soul to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's raise our hands and feel after the Lord right now. Oh, 
hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. A man in our church was the owner of a business and he had been witnessing for some time to a man in the community. And he said to that, that gentleman one day, he said, you know what? I want you to meet my pastor. He said, I'm going to get my pastor to come over here. He said, I don't know as much about the Bible as my pastor does. And I'm going to have him to come over here. And we're going to sit down and just let him explain the word of God to you. And that man said, his friend threw up his hands and he said, Oh, no, not on your life. He said, don't you go throwing no preacher at me. He said, uh, I, 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 I can't talk to a preacher. He knows too much. He said, you're doing fine. You just keep talking. I like to hear what you're saying. What am I saying to you? I'm saying that you've got a personal testimony. God has done something for you that he's done for nobody else. It's your testimony. Your friends need to hear that testimony from you. Praise God. Praise God. Brother Ewan told me to do what I felt like doing. What I feel like telling you is Lake Charles is waiting on Eastwood to file out of the doors of this church and meet up with people and show them and tell them what God has done for them. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. They'll follow your example. They'll see your life. They'll know what God has done because they'll be able to see the change in your life. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bill Albritton told me, he said, Brother Young, next Sunday night, I'm going to have a man from work with me at church. He said, this man has Lou Gehrig's disease. He said, he'll be coming in a wheelchair. He said, but I've been talking to this man for several months, and he's hungry for God. So when that man came to church Sunday night, they rolled him down the front of the church in the wheelchair, and he sat through the service weeping profusely and doing his best to worship God. And I saw the sincerity in his heart and in his life. And we prayed with him, and... He got a real joyful experience with God. I, I'm not sure just how much progress he made, but, but it was obvious God was doing great things for him. And just as he went to leave, he said something to me that I'll never forget. He said, Pastor Young, the reason I wanted to come tonight is because I have worked with Bill for years and years. And he said, uh, I knew Bill's life. He said he was a friend, but he said uh, there were things about Bill that bothered me. And he said, then Bill got in the church. And he said, I've never in my life seen somebody whose life has been so radically changed. He's not the same man that he was. He said he's calm. He's sedate. Uh, he doesn't get angry. He is, he's a totally different man. And he said, I told Bill, I want to go to church. I want to go to the house of God. I want to go where you go to church. And the reason I want to go to church where you go is because I want what happened to you. I want it to happen in my life. Praise God. I'm saying to you tonight, there's somebody in your life that only you can affect for the Lord Jesus Christ. Read it again, Brother Landy. What does the Bible say in Luke chapter 8? And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, when Jesus was returned, the people gladly, the people gladly received, received him, for they were, all waiting they were all waiting for him. 
Because they saw the effect of a changed life. I feel in the Holy Ghost to do something very special here tonight. Praise the Lord. I want this cadet that's on the end to come up here right now, if you will. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Everybody say, praise the Lord. You believe in winning souls? Have you ever won a soul? Yes. You believe you can win somebody else to the Lord? Yes. Will you do exactly tonight what I ask you to do? Yes. Everybody say praise the Lord. Praise the, Lord. the Holy Ghost is going to show you something tonight. And you're going to be part of it. Stand here for a few minutes. What I want you to do, I want, I want us psychologically, I want us to think in terms of the fact that inside this building is the totality of Lake Charles, Louisiana. We're in town, we're in Lake Charles. And I want you to look at this young man and I want you to call him Eastwood because he's gonna represent Eastwood Pentecostal Church. How long do you think it will take you to win one soul? Not too long. Not too long. Give me an idea. You think you could win at least one soul. Now listen carefully. You think you could win one soul in one year's time? Yes. You could. How many of you believe you could? Okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go out and I want you to take about a second, and we're going to call that second a year. And I want you to get somebody from that congregation and bring them up here. And when you get here, we're going to let that, let that symbolize the winning of one soul in one year's time. Yes. Okay. Everybody say praise the Lord. Praise God. Is that the way we act when somebody is one to the Lord? Do we just sit and look at each other? Hey, I believe we ought to celebrate when somebody prays through. When you know the value of a soul, you get excited about people getting the Holy Ghost. Praise God. One year ago, that wasn't but one. One year later, there's two. You say, well, that's not a whole lot. Well, you hang around and watch for a few minutes. Praise God. Do you believe that you ought to do the same thing that was done for you? Yes, Lord. This man won you to the Lord. Amen. Do you believe you ought to keep on doing it? Yes. Okay, I want you two to go out there and bring one back each. Praise God, you can be seated. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Do you believe we ought to celebrate when people pray through? Praise God. We started out with one, and two years later, we've got four. But we're not going to stop with four. I want all four of you to go out and win somebody. Just one. Just one each. Come on, praise the Lord. Be quick about it. The Lord's coming soon. you got to win somebody in a hurry. Do you believe we ought to celebrate when people pray through? I mean, we're in revival. You say, well, Brother Young, what's so great about that? You only have eight people. Do you know I've been to churches in the last three years, Brother Landy, that hasn't had eight people to pray through in the last three years? That's shocking. I believe we ought to get excited about this. Hallelujah. But we're not going to stop when we get eight. I want these eight to go out in one year. And each one win a soul. Do it quickly. And come back as quick as you can. Everybody say praise the Lord. Praise God. Lake Charles is full of people that need God. Come on, fill this church up with hungry souls. Hallelujah. We're having revival. Let's put our hands together and praise the Lord. We're having revival. 
We've been in this thing for four years and we got 16 people prayed through to the Holy Ghost. You say, Brother Young, we don't have much of a revival. We just got 16. We'll hang loose for a few minutes. Praise the Lord. Another year's on us. Go out there and win people before the Lord comes. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm talking to somebody tonight that the devil has told you, you don't count. You're not worth anything to God. You can't do anything for him. That 16 has now turned to 32. Everybody say praise the Lord. I said that 16 has now turned to 32. Hallelujah. And these 32 are going out because it's a brand new year. And they're going to win somebody to the Lord. Come on, hit the streets again. Hallelujah. Surely you can find somebody somewhere that you can influence for the Lord. You don't have to know a lot of theology. You just, have, you just have to have passion. You have to have zeal. You have to have determination. You've got to get excited about this thing. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody say when Jesus returned, they were waiting for him. I said they were waiting for him. They gladly received him. We've got 64, but that 64 is going to hit the street again. Hallelujah. I want you to go through the avenues of the city right now and find somebody and win them to the Lord. Every one of you. We don't want any deadheads left. We want the church full of soul winners. Everybody say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you, get, can you get excited about revival? Can you, can you imagine the rejoicing in heaven? Oh, yes. Praise God. Praise God. And now we've got 128. Just imagine, seven little old years ago, we didn't have but one. I said we didn't have but one. And now we've got 128. I'm just showing you what can happen when people get a vision. Does anybody here to know what the average size United Pentecostal Church is around the nation? Did you know there are hundreds of United Pentecostal churches that don't have 128 people in them? The average size United Pentecostal church runs 83 people in Sunday school. That's all it runs. And here in seven little years, we got 128 people. We're having revival. I said we're having revival. But we're not going to do what a lot of people do when they get 128. They quit growing. They sit down and don't do anything. But we're going to hit the streets again. I want you 128 to go out and win a soul. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's all in showing the world what God has done for you and what has happened in your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, it's working. Somebody shout, we're having revival. Do you believe we ought to get excited when people are coming to God? Do you believe we ought to dance in the aisle? Do, we, do you believe we ought to shout with all of our heart? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Last year we didn't have but 128. That's all we had last year. But bless God, we got 256 now. We ought to give the Lord a hand praise. We ought to start shouting with all of our heart. Hallelujah. And you can stand right there where you are right now.
stand right there. Praise the Lord. Eight years later, we've got 256. You say, well, Brother Young, that's not too impressive. But you know how many we're going to have next year? We're going to have 512. Praise God. Everybody say it will work. It does work. It is working. Praise God. You're the best preacher we've got. Your testimony is the thing that's going to turn somebody's life around. The ninth year, we've got 512. In 10 years' time, if we keep the momentum going, we'll have 1,024. Praise God. But that's not the whole message, Eastwood, because you're not starting off with just one soul. Praise God. I said you're not starting off with one soul. You're starting off with six or seven hundred people already. Praise God. I want to preach to every one of you that are standing right now. You need to get fire in your bosom. You need to get zeal in your heart. You need to get vision in your eyes. You need to get a burden in your heart. Our world is waiting for you. They're waiting for your message. They want to see what God did in your life. He changed you. He turned you around. Hallelujah. I want you to lay your hands on somebody next to you. And I want you to pray and ask the Lord to use you as never before. Brother Young, I can do that. I can go back to my neighborhood. I can leave a track somewhere. I can knock on a door. I can testify to somebody. Praise God. Praise God. Some good man in this church would say, you know, I'm not called to the pulpit ministry. I can't preach a sermon. Brother Young couldn't leave the church with me on Sunday night to preach. But Brother Young... I have a burden. I want to see my family one to God. I can pray and fast, and I can talk to men on the job about living for God. I can tell them what God has done for me. I want you to know you'll absolutely revolutionize your home. You'll revolutionize your job. You'll turn things around. Praise God. And it can happen in your life. You don't have to be somebody special. You can just be a man that's been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. There's nothing better than that. Praise God. I want somebody to get a hold of this in your heart right now. Come on, put your hand up. And I want you to offer yourself to God and dedicate yourself to the Lord right now that you're going to let Him do it through you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Let's feel after the Holy Ghost right now. I believe God is going to do something in the next few minutes. In Jesus' name. Forget about everything outside of this room. I want you to concentrate on giving yourself to God as never before. Offering yourself to become a vessel of the Holy Ghost. To be a channel through which the Holy Ghost flows. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Would you, would you consecrate yourself right now? Close your eyes and put your hands up. I want you to think of somebody. I want you to call their name before God. I want you to promise God that you're going to make contact with them. You're going to reach them. Come on, let's pray while Sister Bonnie sings. That's the Holy Ghost you feel.
of the Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. in the Holy Ghost tonight like God is uniquely putting his hand on some I know that you're all around the front because you have a burden and I, I don't want you to just move now because somebody else did but if you really feel like God is speaking to you in particular about particular souls I want you to get in this inner circle right now praise God Come from wherever you may be. Get in this inner circle. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 You know, the truth of the matter is that God could if he would have wanted to. God could have saved the world without us doing anything. But that's not the way he chose to do it. He chose a plan that would involve you and I. And the greatest privilege that God has ever given to any one of us is to let us get involved in what he's doing to reach souls. You can pray and you can fast and you can testify. But... You can also just live for God with integrity in your community and on the job. And people will be turned around. A few months ago, I heard a powerful testimony from a little Pentecostal lady that on the surface seemed so shy. This young lady works for a battery of attorneys. She's the only Pentecostal in that law firm. And she has been intimidated numerous times by comments and remarks by the other young ladies that work in that law firm. They've commented about her dress. They've commented about her pale face. They've commented about her hair. And she said, one day, the senior attorney for the law firm came over to her desk and several of the other young ladies heard his remark. He called her by name. He said, I need you to come in my office. When she got in his office, she said, he told her to sit down across the desk from him. He closed the door. And she said uh, she was preparing herself to be reproved for something. She searched her mind. She couldn't think of anything that she had done or said that deserved reproof. And she thought maybe the, the attorney was going to tell her to do something to her appearance so she would be compatible with the others in the firm. But instead, he turned around and walked behind his desk and sat down and leaned across and called her name. And he said, I wanted you to come in here because I want to know what's different about you. He said, I've been watching you and these other young ladies. You're not like them. 
He said, I don't have anything against them, but they're not like you and you're not like them. I want to know what it is. That young lady had a wonderful opportunity to testify to that man and tell him what the real difference is. Praise God. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. You're standing closer in the inner circle because you feel like God is talking to you about a soul. I want you to begin right now envisioning that person or those people praying through to the Holy Ghost. And I want you to ask God to tell you how you can reach them. And I want you to promise God that you're going to do exactly what he tells you to do. It may be call them in the middle of the night. It may be cook a meal for them. It may be call them and take them out to lunch but you're going to do exactly what the Holy Ghost told you to do I want you to pray right now and ask God for his will in Jesus name I pray dear God that you would talk to our hearts that you would minister to our souls right now in Jesus name in Jesus name Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on now, let's, let's praise the Lord and thank Him for letting us be involved in His work. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.